Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Project Egg Podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs and business owners to turn their dreams into reality. Now, today, we have a very, very special guest. We are talking to Mike Laidler from Miami. How you doing today, Mike? I'm so excited to be here, Ben. I'm having a great day. The weather's great where I'm at now, so everything's going good for me. Fantastic, my friend. I very much appreciate your time. So let's jump right in. Without further ado, Mike, what is your story? Well, it's not uncommon, but it is common at the same time. I was raised in Miami, Florida. As you noted, that's where I'm originally from, by a single mother who had me and my sister. She did it all. It was her and my grandmother. Her They, they worked together to raise us. And what they taught us was hard work. Now, they weren't scholars, so to speak, highly educated individuals, but they were loving individuals. And from that foundation is what brought me to part of who I am today. And through that journey, growing up in Miami, Florida, graduating high school, then going to Florida State University. While I went to Florida State University, as you can see, the great emblem on my shirt, <laughs> I actually became a street police officer there. And that was a great mix in my life because it made me become an adult a lot quicker at 19 years old. And in that career, it taught me about leadership, not all the leadership I wanted, but it kind of taught me how to use leadership and communication, how to build relationships with people, how to kind of focus on the individual versus myself. And after that time, a couple of years, I was still kind of hungry and I was like, well, let's see what else I can do. I graduated college and I was like, man, eh, all right, I have a few years of police work. What, what, what's next for me? I actually ended up going to Border Patrol in Laredo, Texas. And I know it's kind of a big jump when people hear that. And it was for me, too. Did that for a couple of years. I, I had some progressively higher responsibility. Canine handler. I did some training, some trainings I formed that helped people work on communication. And then my son was born. And I realized that living in Laredo, Texas, away from all of my family that was in Florida, was a no-no. I moved back to Florida after being hired by the Federal Bureau of Prisons. And that, as far as pay went, it, it was a big change in life going from six figures to the middle of five figures. So I learned how to sacrifice quickly with money. And then I realized money wasn't everything. It was about being around family, spending time with the right people. And I think that really taught me a lot. And during this transition between Border Patrol and being back in Florida as a correctional officer, I actually started my master's degree in business. And honestly, at the time when I started, I had no real reason to start it. I was just curious. I wanted a fallback career in case I was injured or unable to perform law enforcement. So one thing I recommend is don't just get a degree out of principle. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it can be very, very costly to say the least. And I did that. I, I went back to Florida became, as a correctional officer, learned to manage my money a lot better, which I didn't have a problem with it before. But when you go from one income to another and you take about a $70,000 pay cut voluntarily, it definitely does change your lifestyle. Yeah. And I learned to do that. But it was for the best. And then I graduated from my master's degree and I was like, huh, I know there's more out there. I took a leadership course at the end. And I was thinking, well, what can I do next? What, what can Michael Laitler do to kind of still fill that hole of, you know what, I want more. And that's when I applied to be a lieutenant. And 
when I was promoted a couple of years ago to where I live now, Louisiana, I realized I knew nothing about leadership. <laughs> and it, it was an interesting beginning. I didn't fall flat on my face, but I was still missing out on helping other people. I was missing out on making them and their skills achieve greatness. And I was kind of wondering how I can do that. I joined Toastmasters in 2016. And if you guys don't know what it is, it's an international organization that helps you work on leadership and communication skills. Now, it's a voluntary program. It's self-paced, but you can do what you have to do in it. I'm not a paid employee, so don't think I'm, I'm promoting it in that way. I just, if you've never heard of it, I would look into it if you want to become a better communicator, if you want to practice some of your presentations in a friendly environment. Toastmasters offers all of that for you. And obviously, it would be based on you on how much you do. And I did that. I was lieutenant in Toastmasters, getting involved in that. And it was still not enough focus. And then I heard something called the John Maxwell team, which is a certification program, which works on making you a coach, trainer, and speaker with leadership and communication. I joined that last year, last summer around June. And that's kind of when everything went, it kind of helped me maximize who I really wanted to be which led to me eventually forming my own business in September, which is Michael Laitler LLC. I usually call it Michael Laitler Unlimited. And that's where I do coaching, training, and speaking now. And that's kind of a short version, so to speak, of where I'm at today. I know it sounded fast, but it actually took me 13, 14 years to get here. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's definitely not as quickly as I said it, but it's been a great track into what I do now, where I do coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching. I do leadership trainings. I, print, I do presentations, I create e-courses, all the things that I wouldn't have been able to do if I didn't start focusing on myself. I didn't start thinking about how I can help others, but it had to start within me in order for me to even get to where I'm at now. That's an incredible journey and very diverse too of the different things that you've done. So I really want to dive back into your childhood. Now you mentioned that you were raised by, I believe you said your mother and your grandmother, you and your sister. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about how that experience has helped to shape you into the person that you are today? I truly believe when you come from little to nothing, you really learn the value of love. And that's just my personal opinion because that's all you have. You don't have money. You don't have stability, so to speak. I mean, growing up, we moved every year. And as a kid, I thought it was cool. I just thought we have a new place, new friends. <laughs> so, so to me, it was fun. But I look back at it now and I know it was hard for my mother, my grandmother, my sister. And I think that sometimes we overlook those experiences that we have because, like I said, my story's not the it's common, but uncommon at the same time, because not everybody talks about that story. But a lot of people experience it. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that's wondering right now how they're going to get their next paycheck. And they have two or three kids and they're a single parent, male or female. And I think that sometimes as the children of it, it kind of if we're able to accurately assess what's going on, it kind of says, OK, this is what consistent love and dedication can do for you. It kind of lays that foundation for who you can become. And I think that is so important when it comes to development in your, your, your own self, because whatever we do has to start with hard work and we have to be dedicated to whatever we're doing. Competence, knowledge, wisdom comes with all of that. But if you're not able to persevere through those tough times when you don't have electricity, 
when you're boiling hot water to have a hot shower, when you're eating ramen noodles and hot dogs for a couple of weeks. You have to have that level of dedication to your family, dedication to what you're trying to achieve and to maximize that. My childhood was was great overall. I mean, I, I like I said, the love from the family is what really kept us going. I think without that, without my mother's love, my grandmother's love, my sister's love, it would have been tough to continue on. It would have been tough to make some of the things that we do today possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned um, before that that family, that love, that was your foundation. That was kind of your, your starting place of power. Now, for somebody who may be struggling to either establish a foundation or maybe to even recognize the foundation that they already have, what advice can you give from personal experience on, on how to really either identify or create that foundation with which to then launch yourself to that next level? I do this one simple thing that I do every day and I've been doing for 32 years. I'm just thankful for waking up. And I think that sometimes it's the simple things that we don't realize because that's the one thing. There's a few other things, but one of the main things we have, we have no control over. We have no control over waking up. So every day I wake up, I try to figure out how I can make it better. Now, if you don't wake up, how do you do anything? <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's one of those things that if I ever give anybody advice, I'm like, hey, think about this. You woke up today. Yes, you may not have money. Yes, you may not have a job. Maybe your family is sick, your spouse, your parents, your kids. But at least you woke up. Give it your best effort possible. Will it result in something great? It may not right away. But being consistent is what's going to drive you. I mean, I've never lived in a third world country. I've never lived in a developing country. But look at them. I mean, we live here in America and some of the things we have, it's like take you take that over there and everybody's a millionaire, so to speak. I think sometimes that's overlooked when we are struggling here. And I I tell people, you know what, Keep take go, go back to the basics. Just think about even if you had a million dollars, a billion dollars, a trillion dollars, if you didn't wake up, could you could you spend it? And even if you had it, would you want all that responsibility? And that's kind of what I look at. My advice would be look at the very basic, simple thing when you're struggling. You woke up today. And then you just maximize whatever else is in your day. Sometimes you're going to be at the peak of your day and your benefits and your advantages. Sometimes you're going to be at the valleys. You really don't know. And I can't tell you if valleys and peaks are going to come sooner or later. All I can tell you is that you keep pushing forward with intent on getting the peak over time. That's great advice. That's great advice. So I'm going to move now into you a little bit uh, along the chronology of your history. Let's talk about your high school years. Okay. And, and you mentioned that you were still in Florida at that time. So can you talk about the person that you were? How did you, how did you evolve in high school from who you were as a little kid? And, and how did your, how did your core beliefs who change? Who were you as a person in that time? Well, to start off, which people probably can't believe was that, but I was an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was more than happy to go home, play video games and not see the rest of the world for six hours. I, I was cool with that. 
And I think that my core values was, and it still is, is loyalty. How does that relate to introvert? I, I really don't know. But it's one of the things that have driven me is that I, I keep my loyalty with people. And I think that it's kind of hard to measure that because sometimes people want to see the obvious stuff. But when you're not stabbing people in their back or you're not talking about people, sometimes that's overlooked. That quality is one of those things that it's like, well, I know he's loyal, but he's not messing up right now. So all that, as far as who I was then, it's still some of the stuff I play in today. I mean, I can easily be an introvert. I have no problem being at the house for a couple of hours, not talking to anybody, turning my phone off, turn off the laptop. I have no problem doing that. But in high school, I I accepted being average. I accepted just taking what was given to me. I mean, I did great in school. I didn't have, I mean, I finished with an A overall. My GPA was in the high threes. In some places it was fours. It depends on what scale you looked at. I didn't have any issues with training. Um, I didn't have no issues with passing exams. I mean, earlier in my senior year, I was accepted to Florida State. So I wasn't worried about going to college. I had scholarships, grants. I had all of that. Um, but I think my effort in high school is much different than my effort right now. And it took me time. And it really took me because I didn't have a mentor or a person that was guiding me because my father wasn't in my life. So I didn't really have an exact person saying, you know what, Michael, you need to do X, Y, and Z to become a leadership coach. You need to do X, Y, and Z to make six figures to support a family. You need to do X, Y, Z to become a father. I didn't really have that person at all that was just guiding me. And I think I had to learn a lot during those high school years, which have evolved in some of my abilities to be successful now. And when I mean successful, I don't even mean financially, just being happy in life because that's, that's a different measure of success. I mean, you can be rich and not be successful. You can be having the greatest jobs. You can have the most materials, but I think happiness is where it goes. And that's where I've been able to use having nothing back then to, looking at that same thing now like okay if i had nothing what would i have like what could i really have so in those high school years i don't think that there was any obvious characteristics so to speak that really stood out that really said that you know what michael you're gonna be this person when you get older i mean i was taking criminal criminology criminal justice courses when i was in high school i knew i was gonna be in law enforcement in some way or the other because that's was one of my dreams. And I did confirm it with my mom because <laughs> I, I, I couldn't remember. I was like, how long did I want to be a police officer? And she was like, man, you've been talking about that since you were a kid. So <laughs> I, think, I, I really believe that I, I had that in me for a while. And I didn't realize how I asked her and, you know, your parents are usually your best resource because they tend to remember a lot more than we do. Yeah. But those high school years, I, I say they laid a foundation of just working. I mean, I started a, I got, had my first job when I was 16 and I was going to high school. Then I was driving 45 minutes to a job four or five days out of the week, working five or six hours. I mean, my first job was working at a KFC slash Taco Bell. And that's not a fun job. And whoever's watching, listening, thank you if you do work at KFC or Taco Bell, <laughs> because I know it is not fun smelling like grease or work standing on your feet for six or seven hours for a very low rate. So I do appreciate that. And I understand the, the hard times of that, but I mean, I, I worked during high school, 16, 17, I, even at one point I had two jobs 
and it wasn't I didn't work that many hours between the two, but it was definitely something that kept me busy. And I didn't really have those extracurricular activities outside of high school. I didn't play sports. I mean, I it wasn't I wasn't physically unable to. I just I valued working because once again, I had to make sure I had money to eat and money for clothing. So I wanted to make sure I was helping my mother out on that end in order for her not to worry about that. Right. Right. So you mentioned how in high school you accepted being average. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that, and this is my personal belief, and I'd love to hear your opinion on it, but I think that the standards that we hold ourselves to are very important and will shape how far we go in life. So first of all, what do you think about that? And, and second of all, if you agree, if not, I'd love to hear more. But if you agree, how do we improve our standards and how do we take ourselves to that next level? Our view of our character is probably the, the most important part of, our, of who we are. And I actually did develop an e-course, I'm not going to talk about it now, that I released a couple of months ago that actually talks about that particular idea. Is that before you can lead anybody, before you're able to grow, you have to develop your, your character. And that involves your self-image, your personality, because when I talk about being average, my self-image was, okay, I'm getting A's and B's in school. That's enough. I have a job now. That's enough. But it started in me. It was something that I didn't, I didn't, I took for granted because it was easy. And I think that's what hurts a lot of us is that if it comes easy, we're fine with it. We don't want to push ourselves because we're worried about failing. We're worried about going that extra mile because we don't know what the unknown is going to bring us. And I tell people that's the very first thing you want to look at when you're trying to get further, when you're trying to develop yourself. Look at your self-image. Look at what you're willing to accept. Look at what you're willing to live with at the end of the day. And I do think, Ben, I do definitely believe that your self-image is so important because it's going to drive you for whatever whatever you do with whoever you do it with, with wherever you go. But it's going to have to start with you. And that's part of building your self-image to being a winner. That's building your self-image to just trying to be happy all the time. I mean, that's because and that's the root of everything we do is is us, essentially, because before you can go out and, and be a great father, before you can be a great speaker, before you can be a great business owner to somebody else you have to make sure you're developing that within you and there's techniques people use but like i like i was saying before just keep it simple just find things that make you happy and spend more time doing it i mean yeah you still got to make money hopefully your passion is within your career but you still have to enjoy that time because at the end of the day when they put that when they write something on your tombstone they're not going to say well it, he closed 500 deals they're not going to say he opened 26 businesses and so you just say, great father, great husband, great brother, great churchgoer is going to say something, but that's not related to a career. So I want you guys to take from that is your self-image will lead to that. Your self-image will, will help you realize what really matters because you take away all the money and you still have your, your family and your friends around. Absolutely. And to everybody who's listening, I highly encourage you to actually go back and listen to the, the concepts and the ideas that we've been talking about. Listen to it a couple of times and realize that at the surface, 
yeah, it makes sense. But when, when you really listen to it and, and you let it soak in and, and you absorb it, these are humongously powerful tools. These are tools that you can use to change your life. And I mean, we've been we've been on air for about 20 minutes and already we've been dropping some serious value bombs. So, again, go back and listen to this a couple of times. Uh, so, you know, Mike, I want to talk about when you made that leap, fulfilled your dream of becoming uh, you know, a police officer, getting into law enforcement. What was that like for you to to do this thing that you'd always wanted to do? It was, you know what, at the time, I, I don't think I realized the magnitude of what it was going to lead to today. I mean, I was, and I could tell you the quick story on how I became a police officer. I was actually, when I first got to college, Florida State, I lived with my sister. We, we, she was in her last year and she was actually, you know what, I think she actually graduated. She was just doing some graduate work and getting some internships and work experience. And she was actually working as the police, at that police department as a dispatcher. And she knew I wanted to become a police officer. One day she brought home an application and said, hey, look, they're hiring police officers. And I was like, huh. I looked at the minimum requirements. And I was like, hey, what's the worst that's going to happen? I applied and six months later, I was in a police academy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was able to fulfill that dream. And while I was there, people spoke like, man, you're 19. Be ready. You're having a great life experience. You can really take this to whatever level you want. And I mean, honestly, I didn't really take it as serious as I would have now. I mean, being 32 and 19 are two different big, it's are two different age groups when it comes to life experience, especially when you start living a life within those years. And that jump into going from working at Blockbuster Video at that time to being a police officer, dealing with people's lives, carrying a firearm, having the authority to put people in jail, it was a big jump. I mean, yeah. Over here with Blockbuster, I was just worried about putting DVDs and videos on the on the shelves. <laughs> this one, I was like, well, I can I can I cannot go home today if I don't play my cards right. Or right. someone named someone else may get hurt, or I might just be able to make somebody better. So it was a lot more responsibility. And I think that that was the the initial jump into it didn't really dawn on to me till a few years later on how much impact I was having. And in all honesty, I don't think it really dawned on me until probably within the last year or two when I start discovering more about myself. And as we talked about with the self-image, I was fine with being average. I mean, becoming a police officer was easy. I mean, like I said, I applied for it. I mean, yeah, you have a few interviews, you do a little bit of physical training. But I mean, at 19, your your body can do anything for the most part. And then your mind is very adaptable. And I think it I mean, I think it would be a lot different now at 32 trying to do that. I mean, I'm not saying I'm out of shape, but I would have to do a little bit more training. I would have to be a little bit more focused, especially having a family. But I think then it was another one of those things where I accepted it because it was easy, but I don't know how hard I would have pushed if there was a lot of difficulty in it. I think those are the kind of things that I am happy that I was able to get to because my self image was happy with average. But if I knew how to maximize some of those experiences like I do now, I mean, I would be so, so further on in parts of my career, it, it would really be, it would be pretty cool. Like I would have probably met you a couple of years ago, Ben, if, if you were doing this a couple of years ago, <laughs> Yeah, but it was just part of, yeah, it's just, it's just part of that, that life change that people don't initially look at until you are able to reflect on it years later. 
So anybody that's jumping into a new field, a new career, if you're 18 or 19, I would say whatever you jump into, really realize the opportunity that you're getting and figure out how you can completely maximize that experience. And when I say that, you're like, well, how do you maximize every experience? Go in there and try to figure out how to do everything. Go in there and don't get caught up with slacking off because you never know where that career can take you. You could be the next owner of that company. You could be the next CEO of that company. And a lot of times when you see their tracks, I mean, a lot of them started from nothing too, or they started as a as an entrepreneur and they built their business up. So figure out how they got there, latch on to them, have them become your mentors. I mean, you never know. I mean, although that may be your first job, that doesn't mean that it's going to be your last job. And you never know how often you can work with dealing with that person. So I wish when I jumped into my first job, I knew that because I would have talked to the chief a lot more. I would have talked to my supervisors. I would have talked to people in leadership roles to figure out, okay, I know I'm 19, but how do I go from entry level police officer, entry level employee to the chief of police? Like, what is that track? Like, and I think that sometimes when we're younger, we think that we have time and we do have time, but you can make that time a lot more efficient and quicker with a certain amount of hunger to get you there, certain amount of focus. And I think that's one of the biggest things in my life that I love to talk about now is how do I help people bridge that gap of, all right, my self-image says I'm, I'm, I'm fine with being average, but I can be great. And yeah. I think that gap in between is where I really help, I can help people out because I'm like, hey, I, I know that bridge because I lived on it for over a decade. <laughs> I, I really rode that bridge of, OK, I go to work. I, I do my eight hours, 10 hours, depending on the shifts, depends on how it works. Then I go home and I forget about it. Where now I'm like, OK, I know I've worked eight hours, but let me think about what I can do those next eight hours to put me in a better position essentially making more money because in the end, I mean, if you're at a job, you want to make more money. I mean, you, you may not want to be at the job more, but you want to maximize how much money you're making within that 30, 40, 50 hours that you're working. I mean, it's a lot better to be making $70 an hour at a job versus $20 an hour. I mean, that's just natural, especially if your responsibility doesn't go up that much higher, so to speak, or your workload. So that's what I try to instill in people. It's like, okay, take a 19 year old kid, who was a police officer and look at a 32 year old man now where you look at it and you're like, okay, what is that bridge between? I mean, if I had more guidance when I was that 19 year old, I would have opened a business up maybe in my early twenties because I would have been more focused and more aware of the opportunity that was already given to me at that time. And I tell people and I suggest them like, you know what, if you don't have a mentor, if you don't have a coach, if you don't have a trainer of some sort, I don't care what it's in. Make sure you get one to help develop you. I mean, if people can get personal trainers at gyms all the time, why don't you get a personal trainer for your mind? Something that can help you increase that. And get somebody that actually wants to do that. I mean, I know professors are great. Trust me, I'm not knocking professors. But their job is to educate you. They're not. Their job's not really to provide you with life skills in order to make you a better adult. They're not really there for that. They're there to teach you what's in that curriculum. They're there to provide that that guidance towards your whatever career you're in, but find somebody that really wants to work with you, whether it's myself, it's Ben, it's people that know how to be entrepreneurs, because that's when you're going to see your real growth. When you're going to that nine to five every day, you need to have some kind of focus in order to get you to that next level.
Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's move forward in the chronology. And I really want to focus on when you decided, hey, it's time for me to start my own business. What was that thought process that you went through and what finally clicked to where you're like, all right, this is it. I'm starting my business now. Well, I've been, I will be honest with you, in May of 2017, I never intended on being a business owner. Never. My career projection in my mind was after I did about 25 years in law enforcement was to go back to be a college professor. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally what I was thinking about. And I'm not saying I'm not going to do that still at some point, but my, that was it. I had no aspirations on having my own business. I had no aspirations on having employees and I don't have employees yet, but I can see it coming sooner than later. But it's all those little things that I didn't think about until I actually joined the John Maxwell team. And that's where it really showed me where my passion was at. And I'm not saying everybody's passion is a coach, trainer and speaker, but I, I'm happy I, I was given that opportunity. I mean, it was a paid opportunity. I had to pay for it, but it was still one of those situations where if I wouldn't invested in myself, I would have never been able to realize what I was missing. And honestly, even then, when I entered in the John Maxwell team, that that June 2017, I believe it was like June 30th when I entered, I still didn't intend on opening a business, even at that time. And I'm going to tell you guys, I was I my goal was to bring that knowledge to the federal prison where it is my nine to five still. And unfortunately, it wasn't met with great um, great reception, not in a bad way, in a, in a matter of, you know what, this is horrible material. It's just if you guys know anything about the federal government or any government, a lot of things take time. There's a lot of loopholes you go through because this boss has a boss over here who has a boss over here who has a boss somewhere down there. And by the time you go through all the loops, you're five years into what you proposed. And... I was like, you know what? I have all this great material. I have all this great knowledge. I'm just, I just want to go out and start giving back to people. I want to start adding value to them. And after a few months of trying that with the federal prison, I, I, I was like, you know what? I, I still want to give it to them, which I do. You know, I do do some of the practices and trainings right now, but I was like, man, I'm still hungry. I still want to give more. And that's when I said, you know what? I'm going to open my own business and I'm going to start doing it for private contracts. I'm going to do it for clients outside of the federal prison system. And I, that is when I was really able to show my skill set in a different environment, because as a business owner, it's really up to you on what you do. You can have any client, you can have any company, you can go work whenever you want. Now, like I said, for me, I've had the benefit of still having a nine to five job. So Money on that side has never been a big issue. But if I if I chose to do it full time, it would be more challenging financially, but it would be more rewarding intrinsically. And I think that's the thing that we sometimes overlook as entrepreneurs is that it's hard to jump out of the consistent guaranteed money and jump into that world of the unknown. But that makes you happier. And everybody's. Absolutely. And everybody's life's different. I mean, if you have kids, if you have a spouse, if your health isn't great, those are things you have to look at. Not everybody is a single individual with awesome health and 
no no responsibilities. And I think that's when it's easier for those people. But I mean, entrepreneurs start every day. Every single day I see someone say, you know what, I want to open a business. And I think that's where it came from me. It's like I needed to essentially take off the training wheels. I needed to spread my wings a little further. And that's where it came to the formation of my business. Because I was like, you know what, I want to start doing this more on a consistent basis. And I have been. I mean, I've been doing it. I mean, as soon as I opened my business, I already had a, I was, it was a free training I was given for practice, but I was already starting to feed into people. And then I slowly transitioned to some paid clients. And now I still do paid clients. I do more trainings. I do podcasts. I do Facebook lives, all the things that if I would have never opened my business up and started from somewhere, I would never be where I'm at today. And I tell people, if you want to form a business, just start. Go get yourself an LLC for tax purposes <laughs> right, and, right. Then, and then just start. You may you may get paid. You may not get paid. I don't I don't know. I mean, depends on your product and service, depends on your market, depends on you, depends on how much time you have. There's so many factors that go into it, but the main factor is that you have to start. Michael's not going to start for you. Ben's not going to start for you. You have to start today on whatever your passion is. I was actually talking to an individual last night, and he was kind of on the fence. He's like, you know what? I want to open a business, but I don't know when. I'm thinking about the next six months. And I was like, well, why don't you start one today? And he was like, well, I don't really know what I want to do. I was like, but you got to do something. What, how do you know you're going to know it in the next six months what you're going to do? Like, how do you project what your thoughts are going to be six months from now? And I think that's what really messes new entrepreneurs up is that they think that they're going to know what they want in six months. Just start a business. Start something. And you'll work out the kinks over time. I mean, like I said, get an LLC that's generic. And that's if you don't know what that is, that's limited liability corporation just so you have a tax ID and you can have a name on something. Just put, get yourself one in your name and then start doing different things within it. And over time, you're going to see what works for you. If you want to be a coach, trainer, speaker, if you want to sell beauty supplies, whatever it is, you just got to start somewhere today. And then over time, you're, you will work out all the kinks after that. Absolutely. I think that's brilliant because what I feel like a lot of people get kind of hung up on in the very beginning is, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to make a business. I don't know how to do this or how to do that. And honestly, it doesn't really matter. You just have to go on and Google it and, you know, go to your whatever state website and register for an LLC. You know, I know in the state of Louisiana, it costs $105. And then you are the legal owner of an actual company. And then you figure it out from there. So I think that's brilliant advice. And, And again, like I said earlier, uh, for everybody who's listening, go back and listen to these things a couple times. Listen, listen to this interview a couple times because Mike has been dropping some serious value bombs here. And there's a lot that you can take from this interview and implement into your lives immediately. Implement today because you're going to get fired up listening to this stuff. And I'm like, wow, I can do it. But if you don't execute, if you don't take action soon, you know, you're going to lose some of that fire. It's not going to be as fresh. So go back and listen a couple times implement immediately and you will start seeing results. So Mike, being a leadership coach now and and speaking and creating courses, and I believe you have a book out as well, Mm -hmm. all these different things. I want to kind of put you on the spot, you know, with your permission, of course, um, I would love to, to hear from you. How do we become 
more engaged, happier, and focused leaders? How do we improve our leadership skills? And, and let's keep this evergreen so that when people are listening to this 50, 100 years down the road, they can still apply the concepts and ideas that we talk about today. Well, Ben, if you look at the slogan I've been using since now, my slogan I have used since day one of my business, I actually start using it ahead of time and it stuck with me, which is it is simple. Create your legacy. I am a simple person. As you guys can probably tell, I'm not telling you guys about 15 algorithm algorithms, 10 different laws from Socrates and all these other things. I my life is that simple, guys. I I take the little things. So what is the one thing that we can do? Well, we wake up and be happy. Michael, how much does that cost? It's free. <laughs> I mean, how much more simple can that be? And then the next thing is invest in yourself. Find what you're happy in. What I do to help people is I, 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 I help them with coaching. I help them unlock that potential that's in them because I found out through my life experience, through being coached and mentored, is that when we ask the questions to ourselves, we don't really get answers that are that productive. We just get answers that we want to hear versus a coach will ask questions to you that kind of ignite certain fires in your brain. You're just like, huh, I never looked at it that way. And I think that's where my skill set has come in at after being coached. I'm able to use those same coaching skills now with other people. And I mean, I've given multiple coaching sessions out for free. And even those 30, 45 minute sessions, people are like, wow. I, I didn't know I, I was thinking it like this. And I was like, well, a lot of times you just have to ask a few questions. You have to have somebody else give you a few questions to make your mind start spinning. Because everything we want to do, and this might be more technical for you guys, it's in our subconscious. And a lot of people don't realize that there's actually a book by um, Dr. Maxwell Maltz called Psycho-Cybernetics, which really dives into the subconscious. He talks about your self-image and how much of that plays a factor in what you do every day. And I think that when you look at things decades from now, we're all going to have one thing in common. It was like, what, what thing did we do to invest in ourselves? What did we do? Not what did our friends do for us? Not what did our spouse do for us? Not what did our company do for us? But what did we do for ourselves? And I think that when it comes to what I do now is I help people find those little things out. I don't tell them to go go run seven miles to figure out who you are. I don't tell them to go read a thousand books. I'm like, what makes you happy? What are you passionate about? Those simple questions people never ask themselves. Or what, what are you angry about? Those little things like that really make people scratch their head like, I never thought about that. And I'm like, because you're asking your question yourself. You need somebody else. I mean, that's like I tell you guys, it took me 13 years to realize I needed a coach and a trainer. And I have coaches too, so I don't want you guys just thinking that I've done, I was in coaching, now I'm not. But I have coaches of all type, of all parts of walk in my life. I have leadership coaches, speaking coaches, religious coaches, family coaches, because other perspectives on top of what we do already really is it helps us with our growth. And it's the little things like that that really change what I do now. And I think that when you look at my website, you look at some of the things I do, you're like, well, how do I become more engaged? Well, practice. Have somebody else, hey, why are you not more engaged? 
<laughs> I mean, it's questions like that. I, I can't give you any advice that you don't want to do already. And I, and I always tell people that through coaching because they have that misconception that coaching will give you answers, so to speak. You already have the answers in you. You just need that coach to draw it out of you. And that's where my skill set has come up with. And that's through, I mean, you guys remember, I've been in law enforcement since I was 19. So I've been asking people questions officially since I was 19. (laughs) (laughs) And I've used that skill set from being able to talk to people, being able to relate to people, because as a police officer, you work all different areas and you learn how to talk to someone that has nothing to someone that has everything. And in the end, everybody's problems are the same. I mean, they need help somewhere. And that's why police officers have jobs. I mean, there's been times when I went to calls where somebody just wanted to talk. And they don't have that counselor to rely on that that will come to them within an hour. So those people you see in uniforms that wear guns and vests, they're, they're counselors. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's weird to hear, but it's very true. And what I tell people with all of this is that Get a coach of any type. Get someone you can go to for guidance. Have somebody else ask you questions. And when you say things out loud to somebody else, that's when you're really going to see that level of happiness come. That's how you're going to see you become more engaged. That's how you're going to see yourself grow. Because when you're just doing it by yourself, you're going to hold yourself back naturally because our minds don't want to meet too much resistance. And it naturally blocks those thoughts out, even if they're progressive thoughts. It's like, okay, everything's working. And that's how our mind's going to process it. But when you have that other person involved or those other people involved, that's when you really see your mind change. That's why there's some people that are in official counseling, official therapies. They go to group sessions of all types. It's because it really helps them unlock their minds. And I, I do recommend doing some kind of coaching to kind of get you there because we all have potential that we can we can use. So you talked a lot about having somebody ask you some very uh, you know insightful questions that really pull the answers out of you that we have the answers inside but we're just trying to get it pulled out of us if you will. So as far as leadership goes, um, you know with your professional experience and and um, you know all of your training and, and what you do every day, what are some of those questions that you ask in the beginning? So, so in order to really bring out the inner leader within us and in order to help us become better leaders, what are some of those questions that you ask at a very foundational basic level to start that journey of, of improvement? As I mentioned before, one of the big things before you can lead anybody else, you have to lead yourself. And I ask people, what do you want to accomplish? And they're like, what do you mean? Well, people have personal goals. People have professional goals. People have religious goals. People have family goals. Whatever you want, whatever adjective you want to put in front of goals, people have. And I, and I actually ask people, like, what do you want to accomplish? And from that very first question, it starts that path of thinking. And then I start asking questions like, well, where do you want to be in six months? What growth plan do you have? Because as a leader, our jobs are to grow people. But if we can't grow ourselves, how can we grow anyone else? And I think that's so overlooked in leadership because people become entered into these leadership roles. And they're like, well, I have to grow my employees. I have to 
make the company better, but it's never, I have to make myself better first. And I think that basic foundation of what do you want to accomplish? What are your goals? What is your growth plan? I think those are the foundation to anybody's leadership track. Anything you want to do in life, that's what it has to be. Now, different avenues of life, will it'll be tailored, but those three basic questions I always get out of people with coaching or if I'm just trying to inspire them to become better leaders. And I think that unfortunately leadership is what people call a soft skill, so to speak. And when you hear that word soft skill, it doesn't really equate to immediate results. Like if I sold you a, a motorcycle, you know, it's going to help you get from your house to the store. You know that already. Yeah. But if I, but I, if I sold you communication skills, you don't know how long that's going to take to work. I think when people are looking to invest in themselves, things like that is what really sets people apart because they're not they're not really seeing those obvious results until someone's gone. And then you're like, well, what happened? Well, you didn't lead them. Thus, they weren't happy. And they kept looking for more careers, more people, more areas of opportunities to become better. And it starts with that level of leadership that's within you. And I always tell people to develop yourself first. I know sometimes it's hard to be selfish, so to speak, but you have to look at yourself first in order to see what works for you. I mean, what kind of boss do you want to be? What kind of leader do you want to be? If you enjoy leaders that are micromanagers, then there's a good chance you're going to be a micromanager. If you enjoy leaders that give you full autonomy of what you want to do, then that's what kind of leader you're going to be. And I think that those self-assessments, those things that you have to realize about yourself first through those basic questions of what you want to accomplish, what are your goals, what is your plan to get there? I think those are all things that you have to start with, with whatever avenue, whatever part of life you start in, because those are things that are overlooked so much. So Ben, that's what I love to ask people right out the gate. Even even sometimes when I first meet people on the phone, I'm, I'll ask them those questions especially if it's a potential client or someone I'm just trying to help out, I will give them those three questions. And you would be surprised how many people don't really know the answer to them. People that wow. are in entry-level positions all the way up to CEOs of companies. I mean, a lot of times they don't know. And a lot of times what I start hearing is what, what they're doing for other people or what they're doing for a business versus what they're doing for themselves. I think that's very powerful. I think that's extremely powerful because like you said, if you can't take care of yourself, how, how are you going to be able to have the abundance to then share with other people? I think that's a, that's a, a very powerful idea. And those questions, I mean, just those three questions, um, those are so powerful. And you know, what, what I want to know is let's say somebody, they hear, they hear this interview, they're like, all right, great. I'm going to write down the three questions and then I'm going to answer them and it's going to be awesome. Well, are these questions something that we just answer once or do we constantly need to be revisiting them and updating them and upgrading them as we're uh, going down this journey? Those are questions you can ask yourself every day and multiple times a day because as we grow, as our surroundings change, as our environments change, as we get new addition to our families, we lose some additions, <laughs> your, your, your life will change. 
day by day, minute by minute. Every time you feel yourself trying to grow or you feel yourself changing, those are the questions you need to ask yourself. There's no number of times you, you, you ask it because, I mean, I ask myself that almost every day to make sure I stay in line with what I'm trying to accomplish. Because even me, I give myself self-assessments all the time. I write things down. I mean, on this dry erase board, I don't have much on there because I just got it. But on my other one, it's about this big and it's filled with words. Some things like I wrote on, I wrote on my board, do I want to be average? And when I see that, it's the little things that help remind me of what are my goals? What do I want to accomplish? What is my plan to get there? And that helps me keep recycling those questions. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. There's no one time that's going to make you a great leader. There's no one thing that's going to make you a better father. There's not one thing that's going to make you a great husband, a great brother, a great son. It's going to be multiple things that you do consistently that's going to help you grow. So those three questions, I would say, ask yourself every day if you can. If you remember, write them down somewhere. Put them on your dry erase board. Put them on a post-it. Put them on your, on your notes, on your cell phone. Just put them somewhere so you can keep thinking of that. And I have found over time, questions, writing things down, and then randomly seeing them is what really helps jog your memory. It helps bring it back up. You're like, oh, yeah. I mean, I find notes all around my house. I, I, don't even, I forgot that I write them sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I was listening to that podcast or I was reading that book or I was even watching a movie and I took something away from it. So that's why I tell people it's keep it simple. And you will find so much growth in yourself. I mean, yeah, there's all these different things you can buy, all these different products, all these different services. But to get to the core of yourself, you have to really be able to assess yourself accurately and determine what you want to do. And then once you realize what you want to do, you can help people do what they want to do. Absolutely. So, Mike, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, it has truly been a pleasure. I'm sure everybody who's listening has been getting a ton of value out of this. And, and for those who are listening, this is the third time I'm saying it. And, you know, I'm happy that I'm doing it because I want to highly encourage you to go back and listen to this multiple times. Revisit this. This is a resource for you. This is an evergreen guide for you to become a better leader, to improve yourself, to take yourself to the next level. There are fundamental core concepts here that do not go out of style. They're evergreen. So go back, listen, work on different pieces of it at a time. Skip through the parts that you've got down and then go work on the other pieces. And once you've gotten through all of it, then and you know keep revisiting it and making sure that you're staying on top of it. It's a resource for you. It's an evergreen guide. And we're doing this for you because we love you. So, Mike, I want to thank you so much for coming on the interview today. I just have one more question for you. Um, and that is, is there any part... Uh, of who you are that you think is an important part of yourself that I did not ask you about today? In other words, what did I miss? I think one area that I didn't, I kind of brushed over in the beginning was loyalty. That's what people get when they, when they work with me, when they're my friend, I'm loyal. I don't talk behind people's back. And if you're a paid client, even if you're not a paid client, I'm, I want to see you grow. And that's where my loyalty really comes in. As I know I talked about it in my upbringing where I, that's one of the things I had in high school was loyalty. Same thing now. And a lot of times people don't appreciate loyalty until they don't have it anymore. And I think that's one of the things that I sometimes overlook on myself. I'm like, 
I look at things like, man, I've been really loyal to this person. And a lot of times when you're loyal, you don't talk about people. You don't really bring it up. You just go with it. And anybody that's worked with me, even people that I have given free coaching sessions to, I even still text them today or email them just seeing how things are going. And I know it surprises them, but it's because I'm loyal and dedicated to the growth of others. And I think that that's what I learned about myself, that I want to continue to grow. But I I do grow through other people's experiences. And that's been my passion. That's been part of the three questions I, I asked myself and other people ask me that helps me keep moving. So one of the big things that I really emphasize that I do and that I enjoy about myself is being loyal. And I think that's one of the best things to have with anybody, a friend, a coach, a trainer, a speaker, a podcast interview, whatever it is, is that loyalty to making that person more significant. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, uh, Mike, I do again want to thank you so much uh, for coming on the interview. I really do appreciate your time. I can only imagine how busy you must be with all the different things you're doing uh, and, all, and all the, the good that, that uh, you're, you're accomplishing. Um, for somebody who wants to take the next step with you, get more engaged, uh, what's the next step for that individual? Well, you can definitely come find me at www.michaelalaitler.com. All common spelling. I'm just kidding, guys. It's not that common. <laughs> but I am launching another e-course on May 30th, which is called the Premier Communications Formula. It is a 26-week course that's going to be live. Now, if you can't make the live sessions, I am doing it through the Zoom platform, and I will still make it accessible to you if you're not able to attend it live. But it's a program that I have designed that has worked for me. I got it. I create it because I realize that before we move anything in our lives, we have to have the right mindset. If we're not intentional, if we're not aware of who we are, if we're not consistent, how do we do anything in our lives? And that comes, like we said, Ben, that comes from self-image. And I start my program off the first couple of weeks in it, the first couple of sessions, depends on when you get into it, with just talking about mindset. How do we go from there? The next part is communication. We have to learn how to connect with people and build those relationships up in order to achieve anything that we want. Whether it's you're trying to climb the ladder at your company or climb the ladder in your household, <laughs> <laughs> you have to learn to connect with people. And then we round it out with the last few sessions, talk about influence. If you guys know anything about John Maxwell, I am certified once again in the John Maxwell program. One of his main quotes is leadership is influence nothing more nothing less so although you have a great mindset you connect with people you need influence to capitalize on things you do and it took me a while to realize that as an entrepreneur i mean i was like well i connect with people i mean i speak all the time i shake hands i smile i text people and i was like well my mindset's there i do want to put push it out there but then I realized that my influence wasn't great at that time. So I started to find ways to increase my influence. And that's what the last part of this program talks about. Like I said, it is a 26-week course. If you can't make it to every course, that's fine. It will be recorded. I already have the content created. But it, this is the chance to be a part of the course versus coming back into it later. Now, everything's accessible, but we're going to do live content so if you have questions while the course is going on, you come to that question. Once again, it'll be on Zoom and you could just plug right in there. 
type your name, type it in, say, hey, Michael, what do you think about this? And I'll be able to answer those questions live for you and for the, the community that we have. So that will be launching at the end of this month. If you want more questions about it, you can definitely find me on my website or you can email me, which is at michael at michaelalater.com. I'm on LinkedIn. That's how Ben and I found each other. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on multiple social media platforms. So if you are looking for more information, I'm excited to get it going. Even if I have just me talking for 30 minutes an hour, I'm fine with that. <laughs> my goal is to make it available to you guys to help you work on your mindset, your ability to, to connect with people, and to use all of that to influence people to get what you're trying to capitalize on. So if you guys have more questions, I'll be more than happy to answer them down the line because I know those are all things that could benefit all of us because it's benefited me. And it took me a process and it took me a lot of money to figure it out. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I, I got a master's degree out of principle. Anybody, <laughs> that has a, anybody that has a master's degree know that they're not very cheap items to acquire and earn. It's going to cost you money and time. But I made the course to where it's affordable. And if you guys have questions about the price, we can talk about that. But yes, that's what I have coming up, Ben. Like you said, I do have a book where I co-authored it a couple of, I released it last month. I have other another e-course, but the one upcoming, I think is going to be the most impactful piece of material that I have coming up outside of my one-on-one coaching and my mastermind groups. And that's because that course is 26 weeks. How many 26 week courses has anybody been in? I mean, and I mean, right. it's, a, it's, it's a long course and I know that guys, but I, that's how dedicated and how loyal I am to seeing you succeed. I know it's going to take six months. If you never owned a business in that six months, we get you to own the business. If you want to get that job promotion, that six months will get you there closer and a lot quicker than you would if you were thinking two or three years down the line. So that's the, all the benefits of that program is to help you get to your goals a lot quicker with more tools all in one area. Fantastic. So everybody, I highly encourage you to go check out the course, go check out the website and email Michael. Um, you know, when, when it comes to investing in yourself and, and creating a legacy, it is something that is very difficult to do on your own and it's not impossible, but it is so much easier and the process is so much clear and you get so much more clarity when you work with somebody who knows what they're doing. They have experience to prove it. They have the certifications to prove it and they're willing to work with you uh, at a very, very deep level. So I highly encourage you to check everything out um, and to go engage with uh, Michael. So Mike, thank you so much for coming on the interview today. I really appreciate your time uh, to everybody listening. Thank you guys so much for, for sticking with us, for, uh, for listening to the whole thing. Uh, you guys are the best. So, you know, I'm going to thank everybody and, just remember that this is Project Egg and it is the number one podcast for helping entrepreneurs and startups turn their dreams into reality. So I will talk to you guys very soon. Have a fantastic day.